3: Radio Law Talk, folks. I was going to say good morning, but sometimes you never know where folks are listening from. Radio Law Talk, and we have folks in the Eastern time zone. That good afternoon. It is 12 ou- or t- six after the hour for you. Some listening on podcasts. Those on the West Coast where we're at, good morning. Good morning to folks in the West Coast, in the Central, and the Mountain time zone. Technic's still morning in mountain, isn't that right? It's yes. eleven o'clock. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, my name is Todd Cunanan. I am sitting in for the big fella, Fred Penny, on assignment. A- and big fella is in reference to his status, not stature. Denise gave me a uh, a raised eyebrow there, and I mentioned the name Denise, seated to my right, in her usual position of prominence. Good morning, Denise Dirks.
4: Well, good morning. Good day. Good afternoon. Good, good morning,
3: good afternoon, and good night. See,
2: she took the right approach. If you start thinking, when are they listening? When? What time? Yeah, yeah, forget it. Just say hi. <laughs> just say
3: hi. hi. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I burned like two minutes just trying to figure out time zones there. And, and those the the smooth melodic voice that you heard chime in there after Denise was Cal Hunter.
2: The primetime voice yes, in my dreams, in my dreams.
3: I'm waiting for Cal to come. Welcome to Radio Law Talk After
2: Dark. I was, good. I was <laughs> thinking of doing a whole nighttime stick on that. I might do it sometime.
3: Nice, nice. So Radio Law Talk, the sometimes informative, most of the time entertaining law show on the radio. We are right up there, as Fred would say, second only to those – oh, middle of the night alien shows that you'd pick up while traveling across the Nevada desert where they're talking about yeah I was abducted at, next to my trailer park and taken to alpha centauri 5
2: and then my wife well let me tell you what happened to her
3: uh, yeah they gave her a facelift and a, a booty injections all sorts of stuff and we was we was happy until the kids were born and that's why junior's got a forehead growing out of his rectum and so, I don't know <laughs> so just just crazy stuff here. But, you know, look, I will admit those can be more entertaining than what we've got here. But we do try to make it fun and informing. And and we also have to let them know, Denise, when can we not when sh- when do we not recommend folks rely on Radio Law Talk?
4: When they're seeking legal advice. That's right.
3: If you are in court or trying to solve your own problem, legal problem, seek counsel that can provide you specific advice to your legal situation. Do not rely on what we say here. We're not giving you legal advice. We're talking about general legal principles. That, I mean, there's one time when you can use Radio Law Talk. That would be when...
2: Well, when gathered with the family, when you, you could be in the car driving across the Nevada desert when the radio fades out right. and you go, well, I heard this from them. I, this is what I heard from them. They said this.
3: The, the, time you're in a conversation casual, oftentimes yes. at, at, at around the dinner table, the holidays, and somebody uses the reference to the infamous they, as in, well, they did a study and they said this. Well, then you can come back with something you heard on Radio Law Talk. You'll sound more credible Unless somebody's actually heard the show. So, you know, there you go. Good point. That's that's the way we've got. Uh, If you'd like to participate, again, we don't answer specific legal questions, but we do welcome your calls. If you have a comment on anything that we are going to cover, and I'll go over a list of a couple of topics here in a moment, please feel free to call. The number to call is, looking at Denise. 855-LAW-RADIO. That's
4: 855 529 Seven, two,
3: three, four. We've been doing this show for five years. She, she still has to look down to read. <laughs> well, the
2: number. it's hard to remember. You know, I was thinking out loud here. Maybe we could just have a legal advice hotline, take people's credit card numbers on the intake, and then we could give legal advice like on the side, on the phone. What do you think?
3: Yeah, Yeah, I'm going to opt against that, uh, you know, because because uh,
4: because we don't have a conflicts checker,
3: don't have a conflicts checker. I, I can't provide legal advice outside the state of California. We're all bar certified in California. I think Fred. Uh, is California and Washington D.C. I remember him saying that. Yes, I I used to be bar certified in the state of Tennessee back when I was a prosecutor there in 2006 2007, but then I moved back to California and I didn't keep that bar licensure. Active.
2: All right, it was a bad idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just
3: you know, trying <laughs> yeah, to monetize okay. the show. You know. Let's see how can we how can we draw and quarter Cal metaphorically even more. Oh wow. <laughs>
2: No, that's good.
3: Okay. All right. We'll just stop right there. So some things we're going to talk about today. We're talking about, let's see, R. Kelly. We've covered that the last couple of weeks, closing arguments in the R. Kelly case. We'll talk about the developments there, how some of those went. We're also going to talk, uh, how many of you remember, boy, I remember as a kid, Elvira. She was, uh, I think she was big right around the same time MTV got really big in the 80s. I remember she was a...
4: The Mistress of the Dark.
3: That's right. She's all dressed (laughs) up. And to tell you what, as a 17-year-old kid, I looked forward to Elvira. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she's in the news with with some discussion about things that happened to her in the past. We also, let's see, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. uh, Let's see. I, I think this would fall under the category of Hell Hath No Fury as a Woman Scorned or something like that. Or the not-so-virtuous virtues of vindictiveness. <laughs> so they're in the news. What else do we have, Denise? Um, oh, the Monument
4: Law in South yes. Carolina. Oh, I like that one. That one's truly about the law.
3: That is. That's uh, so, uh,
2: so it's not about Hollywood stardom. It's not about divorce. It's about the law. It's, it's about the law.
3: Yeah. Amazing. Shocker. Shocker that we're going to talk about something actually law-related. Uh, let's see. We've also got uh, – a case involving Donald Trump and actually family members, his niece. That's in the news. We'll talk about that. Former, uh, what was it? Former, what was he, press secretary, Sean Spicer, in the news about an appointment where he's taken on the Biden administration. Uh, attorneys facing contempt of court. Justice Thomas makes some statements. There Derek Chauvin in the, in, in the news. And we're also going to talk about comfort dogs. Comfort, dogs. comfort dogs, comfort dogs. We'll talk about that when and when they can be used in trial. But, folks, we know a lot of folks tune in. I probably most people tune in to hear case or no case. And uh, Cal-
2: now it's time to play case or no case. Yay! I'll give you the scenario very quickly because we have just a couple of minutes. So I'll, I'll set you up and then you can figure out what you want to do. An elderly gentleman in Eugene, Oregon had a sore back. Well, lots of people do. And so he decided to look around. And one night he was clicking on the late night TV because it was hurting. His back hurt him. And he saw an a, a infomercial for an inversion table. And he said, hmm. He assembled, bought one, assembled it, looked the whole deal over. And he said, well, that sounds simple enough. So he hooked his feet up, turned himself upside down. And immediately all of the blood rushed to his head. When it was time for dinner, his family wondered where he was. Well, they found him and he was no longer breathing. He had perished. So they made a couple of phone calls, the county coroner and an attorney saying, we're pretty sure daddy didn't want to go that way. Do we have a case or no case? So that will be our scenario for case or no case. First one. The other one, by the way, I have another one from Oregon as well. It's Oregon Day today. It is. On case or no case. I'm
3: detecting a conflict of interest here because anybody who's tuned into the show at all for any length of time knows that Denise Dirks. Is all things Oregon? It being the state of her origin, she loves the state of Oregon. You're saying she
2: has an Oregon
3: origin? I, I, you know, (laughs) I and I have a particular
4: Uh, closeness to Eugene as well, because not only was I born there, but I was also a Duck alum. Oh, so I mean a Have Oregon you ever back. seen
2: one of these inversion tables in Eugene? This is my question.
4: Of course I have.
3: Yes. Yeah, so they were they were used by ducks. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so when we come back, we'll uh, we'll get our answers to case or no case. Nothing will involve people turning into bats as they hang upside down. Uh, we will come back after this break and do case or no case. Cal, why don't you take us out?
2: I will. This is Radio Law Talk. You stay tuned. We will continue moment. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. <laughs>
5: I've got to get my car washed. This dirt,
3: it just won't do.
1: The best thing about Quick Cut Car Wash is whenever you go through, the smell in your car is always great, and they have super fun lights and colors.
3: But I don't have no time today. I don't know what I do.
1: Your car smells good and it's clean. At Quick Quack Car Wash.
3: And I know this place right down the road.
1: Quick, quick, quick Quack ca- ca- Car Wash. Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the Quick Quack confidence. Up inside. Let's take a ride and watch this and shine. Get the Quick Quack habit. Take a car once a week. Just come and see. I guarantee your ride will steal the show. I like Quick Quack because of the mascot, Quackles. Come on, Quick
3: Quack. So we sell unlimited membership for per vehicle. You can add a family plan and add an additional vehicle at a discounted rate.
0: Life can be full of risks. ever wonder how the credit card companies make their money well think about this if you owe twenty five thousand dollars on five different credit cards and you make your minimum payments every month Here's what it's going to cost you. Are you sitting down? You'll shell out over 13 grand in additional interest, and it's going to take over 13 years to pay off your original $25,000 balance. That's how they make money. Now it's your turn to fight back by calling the Debt Solutions Network. We'll work on your behalf to reduce your debt. We specialize in credit cards, retail store cards, and medical bills. We promise we can and will reduce your debt. Call right now for a free 15-minute debt analysis. 866-451-3328. 866-451-3328. 866-451-3328. That's 866-451-DEBT.
5: This is no fun. Who told you that?
1: Who told you that?
2: All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information. And now back to the show. Here are Todd and Denise. Hello there. Back to Radio Law Talk.
3: Hello there, Cal. Hi, so hi. so we're in the middle of case or no case. Just to recap what Cal set us up with. Uh, guy in Eugene, Oregon, probably a family member of Denise, which is going to make this completely biased on her part. Uh, a guy buys a, an inversion table, sets it up, uses it, and then doesn't come down to dinner. Family goes in and finds that he has moved on in the inverted position uh, while using the table. And the <laughs> but question- his back
2: didn't hurt. <laughs> but his back didn't hurt. No, no. No. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so the question is, did the family yeah,
2: did they? Yeah, they, they went to the lawyer right away and said, but I, he got this to relieve pain, obviously not to have this outcome. So what do you think? Do we have a case? And I think, Denise, will start with you because you're the Oregonian here. So why not? Case or no case, Ms. Dirks?
4: Whenever you do a case and the facts relate to somebody that's in the room, I kind of think it's made up. Um, I'm going to follow my instinct, and I'm going to say, well, first of all, I honestly don't think there would be a case, because having your blood rushed to your head is not going to kill you. You know, it just shouldn't kill you. Well, it he, could, was, but, he
2: was in his late 60s, you know. I mean, he was an old guy.
4: Well— Kind of like you and I, Cal.
2: (laughs) Fair point. And and like my lovely bride and not quite like Todd yet. See, Todd's looking at us going, oh, you poor old people.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that there would be a case there, so I'm going to say no case.
2: I think that's fair enough. Mr. Kuhnen, what do you say about this case or no case?
3: Well, you know, I may be younger than anybody here at the studio today, but... I have used an inversion table. Actually, I have one set up in my house, and I've used them quite a bit really? because of uh, for back issues. And I'll tell you that they work great. But I do know one thing about it, and this might be where the uh, where the individual, assuming that this is a true story, uh, that where he might have messed up, is this: when you get on an inversion table, you think you're going to go a full. Uh, up and down, like a complete inversion. So your head is near the floor, your feet are up, and, and you are straight up and down. And they aren't designed to work that way. I mean, you can have them work that way, but most of the time there's a little break in there. You really only go back to about 45 degrees inverted. And, and and you get the benefits to it. You can go straight up and down, but it's – the instructions say you're advised not to. And and the reason you're advised not to is because if you do go straight up and down, you can, depending on your age and any medical conditions, if you increase increase the blood flow to your brain and there's any blockage, anything, yeah, you, you, you can die from it. Um and
4: I have a question. Do you strap your legs in? Like, yes. how, how do you can, your, can your, it be that you're trapped in a position you can't get up?
3: Your, your feet are strapped in, obviously, so that you don't fall down. But they're balanced in such a way that really all you have to do is raise your arms. If you have it set correctly, raise your arms so that you, or put your arms forward so that it shifts the balance of weight and you can go up. So because of all of that, I'm going to say I think this is a case. Um, they go to the lawyer but I'm gonna say that that the plaintiffs lose Hmm. and and the reason I say that is because you can still get inversion tables and I have one and they market them all the time (laughs) so so it's not like they did away with the inversion tables there
2: are however several manufacturers interestingly enough I didn't realize here's what we know Denise says no case yes mr. Cunin says case and plaintiff loses plaintiff loses. I say the maker of an inversion therapy table has been sued for allegedly contributing to the death of a 64-year-old man in Oregon whose family claims he was killed after becoming trapped in one of the devices. So it was, in fact, a case. Outcome, however, pending, not yet sure. So I guess, Todd, I'm going to have to give you at least one point. I'm going to give you two. And, Denise, I'm sorry, no points for you. And that is case or no case.
3: You know, I, I can see how somebody would get I can see how somebody would get trapped in that, not because they couldn't, but usually they have a w- way you adjust the feet is based on your height. right? So if you're five foot 10, you adjust it to five foot 10. Well, if you're five foot 10, but you adjust that thing to five foot two and you get in that, assuming your head doesn't pop off, it's going to flip over and then it's out of balance and you can't get it back. And so that could be a problem. We'll see. To get happens. your
2: center of gravity off. Yeah, By the way, the next hour on Case or No Case, we're going to Portland, Oregon, for the origins of the world famous Fosbury Flop. That's coming oh. up next hour. I wonder if Denise. I'm sure she knows all about that. But that's coming up next hour on Case or No Case, and that's going to do it for this hour for I me. Mean, I love a good
3: high jumping question. Yes. Uh, Denise. All right. So, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Had a crush on Elvira when I was a kid. Had a crush on Elvira. And she is in the news. What did she do, Denise?
4: Well, first and foremost, she wrote a book. Yes. And, um, it's an interesting book.
3: It's an interesting book. She, she she wrote a book, and it's the uh, it's the memoirs of Elvira, where she's yeah you know, she was an icon back in the eighties. Everybody knew who she was, and
4: yeah, she used to be the one that would introduce like scary movies and stuff like that. So she was like the hostess um, of the scary movies, and she would be kind of a little dark. And uh, dreary in a way, but she was really a very beautiful woman
3: with a very plunging neckline on the outfits that she wore, which is probably why so many people tuned into it. But uh, <laughs> yes. but uh, tell you what, we'll do because uh, we only got about a minute left. So she's got this. She's got this law. Uh, this book that she wrote, and she, she's made some allegations in the book against another, at least one other, well-known. Personality from the sports world who later transitioned from the sports world into uh, television and film. And we will talk about that when we come back after our bottom of the hour break because not only are we going to talk about the allegations that she makes, but we're also going to talk about how people might react to the allegations that she makes and people who are in a similar situation that she was in might react and how they might otherwise have come forward. So we'll see you after this break. We'll talk about Elvira. You're listening to Radio Law Talk.
2: My heart's on fire. More Radio Law Talk is coming up. Stay tuned. Remember, Radio Law Talk is available 9 to noon Pacific every Saturday. Live on RadioLawTalk.com and on many radio stations coast to coast.
5: That's 800-263-2610. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. said call pet joy right now 800-711-9218 800-711-9218 800-711-9218 that's 800-711-9218 if your loved one has passed away
1: i like the amer valley is this real life
2: radio law talk
3: now back to the show so we went into the break. We were talking about Elvira, whose real name is what, Denise? What's Elvira's given name?
4: Cassandra Peterson. So, And she wrote a book um, about the Mistress of the Dark's memoirs, if you will. And she she was in this book. She became quite candid about an experience that she had. And that she had never told anybody. And she finally said she just felt the need to to be truthful about it and also to um, make sure that other people that had this happen to them would not react in the same way that she had reacted. She apparently um, alleges that she was assaulted by Wilt Chamberlain and he was a good friend of hers. And this happened in his home and she didn't tell anybody she didn't tried to fight back quite honestly she didn't really do much and um, she said that she had been traumatized but that she was embarrassed and that was she was shocked and she just really could not tell anybody because she felt like she had done something wrong so here she was describing how as a victim she felt like she was the person who was the criminal yes if you will and that
3: is that is very common i say that because when i was a prosecutor for about three years when i had a very specific assignment for a three-year period of time i prosecuted all of the sexual assault cases with victims age 14 and over in the county or in the jurisdiction that i was in And, and and i had i had dozens of cases over that and luck i guess Luckily, it was only dozens of cases and not hundreds. It wasn't a, a very big county that I was in, a moderate size. But still, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that it wasn't more, but I'm sad that it was the number that it was because it's a very traumatic thing for somebody to have to go through. And so when when she talks about how she felt guilty like she had done something wrong, was afraid to come forward, if, if I, I, I think that exemplifies almost Every single victim that I spoke with would, would say the same thing that that they were taking the blame, that they had the blame on their shoulder, and it makes it very difficult for someone to come forward.
2: It's this a situation. sad but normal reaction.
3: It is, it is. And, and you know, I like the fact that you use the word normal. Uh, And reaction. Yeah, the the word normal reaction there, Cal – words. Okay, those are two words. Thank you. Um, Because because sometimes – and defense attorneys used to – and I'm a defense attorney now, but that's not really a class of crime that I uh, get involved with to represent. But defense attorneys will often say, well, the the victim didn't respond the way a normal person would. If I had a dime for every time I heard that argument – this is what I came away with after three years of prosecuting that class of crime, sexual assault crimes. There are as many different ways for a person to respond to an incident of sexual assault as there are victims of sexual assault.
2: It is unique to each individual. Yes. It is. It the,
3: is. The, 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 the thing that's, that is a common thread through all of them is the guilt that they feel. And the fear that they feel, but, you know, well, why didn't you go to the police? I don't know. Why didn't you go to the hospital and get exam? I don't know. Why didn't you tell this person? There are so many different reasons, and everybody has one that's unique to them.
2: And many people will say – I didn't go to the DA because I've heard some bad stories about the DA in this town. I've heard that phrase many times myself, and I'm no lawyer, just as a news guy. Well, the DA in this town, they don't, they don't handle this kind of case very well. Yeah. And I, and think, I hate to hear, I hate to hear that.
4: I think the yeah. common feeling, there is a common feeling, and that is loss of control. Because a lot of times the sexual assault is about control, or it has a person trying to take control of, of another person, and that deprive them of their free will. And I think that when you are in that kind of victim, um victimology or whatever, you don't know how you're supposed to react. You've lost control and you don't react in in normalized ways because you don't really know how you're supposed to react. And that loss of control makes people do a lot of different things. You know, a, the the reaction could be like Todd said. It could be just like as individual as each individual. Yes. Um, but that loss of control is really frightening. And you you go back over in your mind as a victim, over and over in your mind, what should I have done? What could I have done? Was there anything I could do- have done? Dang, I didn't think of doing that. I didn't think of doing this. And the victim victimizes themselves they do. repeatedly. And just reliving that event victimizes them again.
2: And, and there's no book. There's no reference material. Here's how you should respond, right? Uh, and and I think homicide cases, they do the same thing. Well, you don't respond as, as a, well, wh- is there a book that tells you how you should respond? Some list? I, I mean— Who's to say what's normal?
3: If there's anything even close to a book, and this is one of the issues here, if there's anything close to a set of instructions, the instructions are all along the lines of what you should do to avoid being put in that situation, right? Don't go here. Don't be alone. Don't. And and and, and there's all of these things that, that you're told, that folks are told that they should do to avoid coming close to a situation where an event like this would happen, and And so when an event like this does happen, when a situation like this does happen, another reason they don't come forward is because there's no shortage of the I told you so's and the Monday morning quarterbacks, to use a sports analogy, the folks that say, well, if you hadn't done this, if you shouldn't have done that and you hadn't done this, um, Ms. Peterson, Elvira says that the specifics of this what led to this incident was she was at she, – she claims that she was at Wilt Chamberlain's house, and he said he had a special closet where he had all of his jerseys from the different teams that he had played for, and would she like to see it? And she said, yeah, and, and they were friends, and so, so there's this – she thinks an element of trust, and when they went to that closet to view, that's when this assault took place, she says. And so you can see that no shortage of people – Saying, uh, well, you shouldn't have gone there alone and you knew his reputation because let's say Wilt Chamberlain bragged about his prowess. Okay, that that was – he wrote a book and he bragged about it in the book and um, about his prowess with the ladies. Uh, And so people are going to – you shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that. And just the feeling that you're going to be lectured and and maybe somehow she feels like –
4: I mean, over and over, right? It's going to be, it's going to be there. Now, even as I was writing down this topic for our podcast, I put down Elvira discloses alleged assault. Here, me, I'm even having to be very protective and say alleged. And I was thinking, could Wilt Chamberlain's estate come and maybe sue for defamation or do something like that for, you know, doing that for her. But it's he can't, you know, a defamation is a very individual um, and unique type of action that an estate cannot pursue it. So it's I probably- believe we've
3: covered a case like that previous where it was. The issue is whether or not somebody who was the estate of somebody who was dead. Could uh, well usually an
4: estate of somebody means they're dead. Well, no, no, I, I <laughs> no.
3: I, I I know people that have an estate that they're still alive. Hmm. You know, they live on their estate. <laughs> but they're having an estate sale, but uh, but the the when they're moving to
2: Utah. Yes, <laughs>
3: yes, but uh, but still, um, yeah, and, and I believe the determination there in the courts was. Yeah, you can't have a defamation case on behalf of somebody who has already passed.
2: A dead guy can't sue backward for defamation.
3: Now, yeah. maybe, th- maybe fination But uh.
2: <laughs> one thing you also hear is, "Why did you wear that? Why did you wear that clothing when you went to meet Wilt?" I mean, there's a lot of victim shaming and victim blaming going on mm-hmm. here, which is probably as much a, a concern as anything else.
3: Could be, isn't and, and it? I don't, I don't know how she was dressed when she went. Yeah, I don't either. But you know, one thing I do know that that argument about well, if you were dressed a certain way, you know, did you? Most if – I can't think of one case that I prosecuted where the manner in which the person was dressed had anything to do with the assault. It was it was always somebody taking advantage of an individual who was maybe a loner, had some, you know was off to themselves, and it, it was the predator sees the prey who has no support group or whatever, and they build this thing relationship of trust somehow, and then take advantage of that. That that happens far more than the person who's wearing the you know. You think you hear they see this in the movies, the person wearing the skimpy outfit and and then this happens. And that's what, you know, they said, well, this led to that. And what do you expect the guys to, that that just doesn't happen very often.
2: But at one time, that was an argument used fairly frequently. Well, if she oh, yeah. just hadn't worn that, it wouldn't gotten him all stimulated. I mean, I, you know, this yeah, is,
3: yeah, as yeah. if he didn't have free will to say, you know, th- that's what separates us from the animals, folks. Whatever impulse we have, we also have this thing called a brain. and Our cortex allows us to override impulses. That's why those crimes are still against the law. None of this, oh, I'm like a lion on the Serengeti. I had to do it. (laughs) Exactly. Take us to the break, Cal.
2: I'll be glad to do that. We thank you for listening to us here on Radio Law Talk and remind you that Radio Law Talk is available every Saturday, 9 to noon Pacific time at radiolawtalk.com and, of course, on many of your favorite local radio stations. So wherever you are, however you're listening, we thank you and we'll be back. ...and other announcements aired on Radio LaTalk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio LaTalk Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA.
1: Get so. yourself
5: best window replacement prices in town get your new windows patio doors and more from the window replacement hotline get ready for the change in weather save on your energy bills call right now for tremendous prices on new windows and beautify your home call the window replacement hotline now 800-710-3739 800-710-3739 800-710-3739 that's 800-710-3739 Are you struggling with a high cost of prescription medications? How would you like to save up to 90% on your medications and have them delivered for free? Now you can with one simple call. Yes, save up to 90% on many of your prescription medications by calling A-plus BBB-accredited healthwarehouse.com based in Florence, Kentucky. No gimmicks, no coupons, no cards to use. And all prescriptions are FDA-approved and safely sent to your home with free delivery. Here's one example of your savings. A 90-day prescription of generic Lipitor can cost $90 at your local pharmacy. Healthwarehouse.com offers the same medication for about 20 bucks. Find out how much you can save on your prescription medications and get free delivery with one free call right now. Call 800 734 1229 That's 800-734-1229.
1: If you pay my fee, I'll take your case. Oh, that's stone.
2: This is Radio Law Talk.
3: We've been talking about Elvira, uh, actually, Cassandra Peterson who is more – probably not more commonly known in pop culture as as Elvira, the personality on the Saturday night horror shows on television in the 80s. Um, So we were talking about her and her allegations in her upcoming memoir that uh, she was the victim of sexual assault at the hands of Wilt Chamberlain. for, uh, who's since deceased. I think he died in 1999, uh, but former NBA great. And according to the allegations, the timing, it would have taken place either at the latter part of his career in – he retired in 73 or just after retirement, um, sometime in the, in the mid-70s. And, and when we went to the break, we are talking about why people might not come forward. And one of the reasons is – Well, we can kind of see why in the next case we're going to talk about, in the next story, which is about R. Kelly, who is on trial and they just finished closing arguments in his sexual assault trial. And and one of the things that we're going to hear about here in just a second is the way defense attorneys actually uh, attack the evidence and talk to and describe and portray victims of sexual assault. While trying to defend their clients. And Denise, what, you know, they just
4: did closing arguments, the R. Kelly case, right? Yes, it's a perfect example of blame the victims. Um, you know, it, R. Kelly is being charged with pretty serious sex trafficking charges, which is serious. This is not a minor charge. And there is multiple, multiple witnesses and also, um, multiple victims. And some of them were underage at the time. So the defense is basically saying, um, look, these people are – and using this wording, surviving R. Kelly by trying to monetize their this case and trying to get money out of R. Kelly and trying to somehow get paid for all of this. And so the, basically telling the jurors that these people are just out for money. That's the number one thing that they were saying. And using the surviving R. Kelly as part of that argument refers back to um, this um, documentary on R. Kelly that was did not paint him in very, very good light at all. So anyway, um, they they say things like you know the victims are they're too fluid in their testimony. Or and which is like trying to imply that they're being smooth, you know, and this type of stuff.
3: Did they, they say it's fluid like butter? Yes. W- which would imply that their testimony is slippery as well. Like you know, it's. it's I heard a phrase once. It's like trying to nail jello to a wall. It's just there's nothing cohesive about it, right?
4: That's right. And I, and it's one of the alleged victims was Alia, right? Uh, Do a- I say that right? Alia. Alia. um, But she's no longer with us, but she came up a lot in this trial, and they haven't really said too much about her, but they're basically calling out each of these different victims. Um, They're calling them groupies or stalkers. Um, And then the worst part of this is they're saying that you got to treat R. Kelly as if he is martin luther king and this is a civil rights issue and and you've got to be strong and stand up for r kelly's rights and it just for me it didn't play out that well
3: yeah you know you got to be careful with what you say as a defense attorney in closing arguments and and prosecutions made some statements i'll talk about in just a second that i'm not particularly impressed with but you know at the end of the day, you want the jurors really. If you think that the facts are on your side, if you think that hey, the prosecution has not proven their case, there are, there are four or five elements that they have to prove. Let's say, and they've only proven three of them. They only have evidence, and there's holes here, and they haven't proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And you know, if you're waffling on the evidence, uh, could we, should we, should we not? Who do we believe more? That's a not guilty. You got to believe beyond a reasonable doubt. And if that's where you want to go, th- then make that argument. Argument. Try to take the emotion out of it. When you go to the emotional aspect of it, yeah, if you get a juror that, yeah, this is like Martin Luther King and I am ready to acquit and it is a civil rights act, that's that's great if you're the defense. But you got 12 people sitting up there. What about the one person up there that says, uh, I cannot believe you are trying to take a person on trial for sexual assault who – Whether they were monetizing groupies or not, he still let them run in his circles, a bunch of underage girls. And, and he married Aaliyah. Factually, we know that he married Aaliyah, and we know that she had to get a faith, fake birth certificate, say she was under the age of eight, or over the age of 18 when that happened. So we know that that took place. And she wasn't. She was 15. She, she was 15 at the time. So we, we, you know, we believe that evidence there. And you're trying to equate yourself to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that could backfire in a heartbeat. So you really gotta be careful. Now,
4: And I feel like – I do feel like any time that you blame the victim, that it makes it a vulnerable defense, in my opinion. It used to work really well. But I do think in today's world, it doesn't work the way that it used to.
3: Yeah. What's the the axiom? If if the facts are on your side, pound Uh, the facts. If the law is on your side, pound the law. If neither one are on your side, pound the podium. And – I'm just – look, this is just my assessment here. But when I read what what they said the defense was saying in the closing argument, to me that looks like a lot of podium pounding, OK? Because well, factually we've we got a tough road to hoe and, and legally we're, we're in a bind. So let's go ahead and make this about something else, right? right?
4: And Let me tell you something. We always talk about both sides of the argument and here. There's – the prosecution made some statements that – Um, That could be questionable, quite honestly. Let me read a
3: quote. This is from the prosecutor, all right? Quote, it's time to hold the defendant responsible for the pain he inflicted on each of his victims. That's one. Second quote, it is now time for the defendant, Robert Kelly, to pay for his crimes, period, convict him, period. I have a problem with the prosecutor making both of those statements. Why? Well, first – the role of the juror is not to exact punishment. It is not to make people pay for crimes. At it least is, not
4: at this stage. Well,
3: no, not even,
4: not even later on. I thought they a, had to determine life or death.
3: No. Well, in a death sentence case, but this is not that. I know. Right? I'm just – So in a death penalty case, the jury, is, the jury is, uh, is part of that. But this is not that kind of a case. The role of the juror is to listen to the facts and apply the law. All right. Do the have the elements of the crime been met? And there's a jury instruction among many that the jurors are given that says, do not allow passion, prejudice, uh, thoughts about punishment. Guide your decision when determining whether or not the elements of the crime has been met. And here you've got a prosecutor in closing argument openly soliciting the jurors to do what the instruction says they should not do. That to me is a problem. It, and the, and the, the reason it's a problem is, one, I think it's unduly influencing the jury. But two, let's say the jury comes back to convict, and let's say the jury would have convicted maybe with or without this. You have just gift wrap a, a, a reason to appeal.
2: But how is this different than the O.J. Simpson case, as an example? You know, the glove, uh, you know, this evidence where they, I, I I'm fascinated by what you're saying. And it seems to me they're both walking down on different sides of the table, but they're walking down a similar path.
4: O.J. Simpson, that was very different because in that case, the prosecutors did not know the answer. So they asked a question that they did not know the answer to. Will that glove fit? Well, right. Yeah. That's at least one right. example.
2: That was a There's terrible mistake. On yes, that, part. that was
4: yeah. a huge mistake on their part because yeah. they didn't know the answer. And he looked like he struggled to get that on. And it had been bloody. And it was a leather glove and it could have shrunk exactly. and it, it backfired. So that's like probably the most elementary thing you learn in law school is do not ask a question you do not know the answer to.
3: I think the biggest difficulty in trying to analyze the comparisons, similarities or differences between R. Kelly and O.J. Simpson is O.J. Simpson was acquitted. So we really can't go down the road of saying what prejudiced his case. At the end of the day, the jury said he's not guilty. And with R. Kelly, we don't have a verdict yet. So, we don't know well, what they're going to say. Well, I'd
2: just say with Simpson, obviously, the attempt was to paint the police as the bad guys and the evidence is tainted, you know, problem, problem, problem. And so it looks like they're kind of on the opposite side doing the same thing, but on the other tables, what I was trying
3: to say. Yeah, yeah. but
4: the, in, in R. Kelly, they're not attacking the evidence, they're attacking the victims. And, and, what,
3: and another big difference if the prosecution does it and a person's wrongfully convicted, the defendant can appeal. If the defense does it and the person is acquitted, the prosecution doesn't get to appeal.
2: We're done. Right. We're all done. And we're done for this hour, by the way. More Radio Law Talk is coming up in six minutes and ten seconds right here. So we hope you'll stay tuned for more Radio Law Talk. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com. copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
0: On Medicare and Medicaid or receiving extra help for your prescription drugs, we have great news. You can change or enroll into a Medicare plan every three months if you qualify. All from the comfort and safety of your own home. Over the phone, no one even needs to come to your home. And in minutes, we'll tell you all about some additional new Medicare benefits for you. Like dental, vision, hearing, transportation and more. Call us. We'll explain all your new Medicare benefits. Premiums are as low as $0 per month. Even if you are not paying anything for your coverage now, you need to call our licensed agents to review your plan. There are zero-cost plans available in some areas. Don't wait till next year. Get all the Medicare benefits you deserve. Call a licensed agent today.
5: 800-461-2114. 800-461-2114. That's 800-461-2114. Paid for by Senior Choice Plans.